Welcome back to Leadership Legacy and Love. This is Russell Fugit, and today I have a very special episode, uh, international episode, where I have uh, two of my dear friends and brothers in Christ, our brother Stefan Vandermel from Hillsong South Africa Foundation and Hillsong Church, based in Cape Town, South Africa, and uh, one of my pastors and friends, Larry Mack, from my church, I-5 City, here in the Baltimore and Arundel County, Maryland region in the United States. And I'm just so blessed to have this conversation to discuss what God is doing in this time of COVID and how uh, the church uh, is being the hands and feet to meet the needs of all of its people. Um, all people, both in the church and people in the community, working with governments, community organizations, um, working with unemployed, working with uh, gang members, um, really embracing the vision of Christ in this time. And it's just such a beautiful conversation. I'm so excited that you're listening um, to this podcast. I hope you will subscribe. I hope you will share. I hope it will encourage you and bless you. And if you are healthy and you can hear these words, that you will consider making a donation, that you will consider getting up and knocking on a neighbor's door, that you will consider reaching out and seeing how you can be the hands and feet and joining um, alongside these brothers and the work that they're doing. Um, and that's so many others around the world are doing. So with that, enjoy this interview. I know it will be a blessing. I'll come back at the end and wrap it up and say a couple things. God bless. Enjoy this interview. Today, I have two uh, good friends, dear brothers in Christ joining me um, today. And I'm just so excited about this. Um, I'd like to first uh, introduce um, my friend Stefan Vandermel, who is the chief operating officer of Hillsong Africa Foundation and a uh, member of Hillsong Church based in Cape Town, uh, South Africa, and an awesome uh, uh, husband and father to three uh, little girls, including a new little one that just joined the family. Stefan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us, and thanks for having me. It's a privilege. And then my friend and, and, and also brother in Christ, uh, Pastor uh, Larry Mack, who's a pastor at I-5 church um has been head of our our, our dream team which is kind of like the modern take on being on our ushers or our people who serve every sunday in, in our church and also does so much work in and around baltimore city and we have an impact center uh in in south baltimore that does a lot of work in the brooklyn park community and i'm uh, uh honored to have him join us today larry thanks for making the time thank you sir and i'm, I'm honored to be here as well i'm, I'm excited uh, about this conversation today Excellent. God is just certainly moving and, and, and so many things have been disrupted. I want to start. I'm, t I'm, I'm still on this question from uh, Pastor Jim Wallace, who uh, kind of a social justice mission based here in D.C. I listen to a lot of his stuff and have read some of his books. And uh, on his newest podcast, one of the questions he asked, which I think is great, is, is how is your spirit right now? So, Larry, I'll start with you. How is your spirit right now? Um, it, it, my <laughs> in a lot of places, but uh, if I could sum it up in a word uh, I would use the word aware mm. um, and and when I say that I, I think that God has me in this place where I am um, I have a, a heightened sensitivity to what's happening around me to what's happening in my family to what's happening um, in the life of the, the the people at my church the people that we serve in the community um, and so extremely sensitive so there's you know if i could be you know transparent there's some things happening in my family we had two losses during the covid season not due to covid but um two losses in my extended family um um and so it's 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 been troubling but at the same time um with with this heightened awareness i've i've had a a, a sense of stability and calm um, knowing that God is with me, you know, and that's and that is simple and, and even almost cliche, but um, that sense of awareness um, that God is my peace, that He is my shepherd, um, I'm able to sustain through through the, the difficulty. So I think uh, he, my spirit is in a, a place of just awareness. Mm. That's that's beautiful, Larry. Thank you, Stefan. How about you? How how is your spirit today? in this season that's a great question to ask uh, russell and um it's a brave one to ask and i think for me personally my spirit is in a, in a place that is uh burdened i feel for the uh for what's happening specifically here in south africa in our country um i think a uh, heightened awareness i think um 
Postalary, I think that uh, I can I can agree with that. I'm 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 more aware of where I am as a as an individual within my family. As as you mentioned, like we've we've had a new addition into our family uh, only just four and a half weeks ago, and in South Africa, is in a full full blown lockdown. So we 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 were we added a, a new life into a really interesting world. And, and I think uh, at the flip side of that, I'm I have the privilege and of being responsible for an incredible team that is on the front lines every day. Um, meeting needs uh, that are very real, and so I think I'm, I'm beginning um, uh, sometimes, uh, for the lack of a better word, <laughs> um, I feel a little bit schizophrenic, and not in in the actual sense of the word, but uh, I'm 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 radically like faith filled and see a hope and a future even in South Africa. Here, uh, it's incredible to see how the country is uniting, how how maybe even politics is going out the door, and we're really just linking arms uh, at a socially healthy distance, but linking arms. Uh, to see a nation move forward and the flip side of it you see this desperate need and for us personally at home to um, manage you know three girls at home and a newborn in uh, in, in an apartment um, it's, it's balancing the two and all of that to say that i think christ in the center of it all um he definitely is the peace in the middle of the storm he's definitely the the anchor that you can hold on to and i think uh, for what i've seen in so many different families and so many different people around the world is that um, I, I think we're starting to realize more and more and more where where that uh, real peace uh, comes from and where it should come from. And so, for me, I'm, I'm um, yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very faithful. Um, at the same time, definitely burdened with um, with what's happening in our in our country, uh, South Africa. We are still very at the at the short end or at the at the early end of the of, of the pandemic, and so there's we're expecting things to get a. Uh, I mean, we're faithful, but expecting things to get a little bit worse. Um, the thing that that also troubles me, but yeah, faithful, definitely. Mm. So this, this, I'll stick with you, Stefan. And this this next question may dovetail a little bit, but how? Uh, has your heart shifted in you might have just spoken to that a little bit if there's anything else you want to add in terms of how your heart has shifted but more importantly how has the work you do in, in the community changed and, and maybe you can even mention a little bit about the innovation center that launched last year that i know uh, you and i first met uh a little over a year ago uh in cape town and, and i discovered the innovation center and the wonderful work that you're doing in the township there Well, yeah, I think it's interesting because at the Hillsong Africa Foundation, we've been working in our communities actively over the last 10, 11 years, and it's, we had to pivot. You know, we, we, we can't, um, uh, since we have a full, full-blown lockdown, we're not allowed to go out unless you have a, a permit, um, uh, which, I mean, our team does, does have, but it's, it's, it's interesting how scarcity breeds innovation. And mm. so for us, it's been really, we, needed, we need to innovate in the way that we reach our, our you know, in, in development terms, our beneficiaries, or the people that we work with, and how do we can continue to be connected. I think, obviously, a lot of people, the digital age has created opportunities to connect, but in the communities that, that we serve, a lot of people don't have phones or don't have, have data to be able to connect with. And so I think what it's done for me, uh, personally, my heart is to really critically look at how are we best serving the people that we aim to serve um, and how can we even beyond a uh, pandemic like this how can we take some of the learnings that we're learning now into our future so that we actually um, do a better job at this uh, also I think what has shifted in my heart is um, it's been incredible to see the amount of other organizations pastors local churches that do such incredible work and this has almost, again, forced us to work together to cover the areas that we want to cover. And so um, um, I see God is doing a real work in uniting the church on the ground uh, to continue to serve, serve the nation and serve the church. And so I think my heart is shifting there as well into more of an active stance to continue to seek collaboration and seek, uh, really seek out what together as the church, Capital C, we can do to help build a nation. And so I, I think it's exciting. Um, I think my stance has become, my heart stance has become more proactive, um, where sometimes you can get a bit, um, you know, this is just what we do, and we get, you know, we're in our communities every, every week with, you know, incredible amount of volunteers, but this is really a, dared us to ask some really um, good questions on how effective we are, on uh, how we can do things better, and so it's kind of pushed everything to a grinding halt. <laughs> which is a great time to ask those types of questions. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that that's definitely what's been happening in my heart. Um, 
which is sometimes a bit scary, but that's okay. <laughs> no, of course, that scariness is that's where God stretches us and, and, and pushes us. And I'm just thanks for sharing how, you, how you're stepping up to that challenge. And I know we're in, all, in our own way, all of us are having to step up to that challenge. And your answer just reminded me when I uh, first entered your church and, and you know, met you that morning about a, a year ago. How, um, you know, I heard, uh, you know, your church say we're here to build a nation. And of course, at, you know, I-5 City, we're t- we talk about we're, we want to build a city. And that city is, is Baltimore, Maryland. And so I, this, the, the parallels, of course, were, were so striking in terms of the heart. And that's where I, I definitely felt at home when I came in that Sunday in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. La- Larry, how is your heart shifted and how is the work that you're doing in Baltimore uh, evolved in this season of COVID? Yeah, um as far as my heart, uh, my heart has, uh, the burden on my heart has increased uh, more than I would, more than I would say shifted. Um, um, uh, because th- those who know me know that, you know, pastoral ministry was never, ever, 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 ever uh, a part of my plan. Um, it was not something I intended to uh, be in. And I love it. Um, but it, it was something that God led me to, that God uh, c- commissioned me uh, to facilitate that, that role. And so uh, my heart has, has, ha- has had an extra burden um, in this season just because of the magnitude. Like I've never seen a worldwide pandemic. You know, most of us in our lifetime have not seen that. So um, the, the, the burden on my heart for uh, people in need, um, it just it just heavy because now I'm like, man, I, I live in the suburbs um, and I'm like, man, th- th- there might be people in my neighborhood, you know, who are now in need. People that I, I, I didn't before think these may be the people in need. So I'm knocking on neighbors doors. Hey, are you OK? Do you need anything? So it, it's kind of shifted how I uh, it shifted how uh, I respond, if that, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Um, but but as far as my work, man, and what we're doing, uh, doing being involved in, in what we call outreach, and I, and I uh, kind of don't like to use that term because it, it always feels like a sect or a partition of a, of a ministry, and I just feel like it's just it's, it's the heart of who we are. Outreach is the heart of who we are. And so when, when we do outreach, I've never been in a situation where um, where um, sorry, y'all, my son came into the room. Uh, but I've never been in a situation where um, what we do as a ministry um, was counted on by so many people. For instance, the people that we feed, um, it's, it's, you know, weekly, multiple days a week that if we don't show up, they're not going to eat. You know what I mean? So that level of dependency um, that that people are having on us and it in it, it it is. We've been being the hands and feet of Jesus, um, and that's what we have. We have. Uh, that's how we've communicated what we're doing when we go out into the community. We're being the hands and feet of Jesus. But what it, when I understand about Jesus is that Jesus is necessary all the time and we can't live without him. And so what we're doing in representing being the, in, in, in being a representation of the hands and feet of Jesus. Now we're seeing what it feels like uh, to be needed constantly. And if we stop, someone's a child is not going to be fed. And so that's kind of how it shifted what 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 I do as work and and and, and how we think about it. You know, it's not an outreach. It's serving a need, you know providing for for someone who has a necessity i hope that that makes sense it's the severity you know no absolutely absolutely and just appreciate your heart for doing that and and you know what you said hit home for me it just you know being here in crofton maryland and when the schools closed and then um they're talking about how they were going to feed the kids and i think the first day they got the food set up at crofton middle school they said they ran out of food before they could feed all the kids and Mm. And that just struck me. And I feel like, you know, we live here in Maryland, uh, in the United States, which is one of the wealthiest states per capita in the country. And yet right where I live, which is, you know, nice community, you know, quote unquote, good schools and all that stuff. There's still a need right here. 
that's being uh, met and there's still a uh, fragility to people's ability to subsist um, and, and what's con you know what's an expensive part of the country and certainly an expensive part of the world to live in in terms of housing costs and food costs and, and everything else and, and transit and so um, definitely seeing needs differently um, and understanding you know that that we're you know I hate to say we're all in this together but that in the same yeah. token we all we all have needs and we're all in our own way, are, are vulnerable. Um, so, what what is your sense overall, uh, Larry, as, as to what God is doing right now? And, and that could be here in Baltimore, that could be here in our country, that could be in, in the world, or all the above. What is what is your sense as to to how God is is moving and shifting things, maybe a little more broadly in, in this season? Yeah, I um one of the things I, I I like to be careful of. I really want to be careful of. Um, and warn people of is because I think in times like these, when we are uh, in a season where there's tragedy, um, in a season where there is, you know, a, a, a crazy sense of uncertainty um, and all this, um, and, you know, watching on social media, you know, people talk and people kind of shoot from the hip when, with their comments about, about what the Lord is doing and I want to be careful not to look at this season as something this season as something God has done God didn't mm. give us corona right. you know and, and I think sometimes we we um, when I look at social media and how people talk about you know God just wanted us to rest and I'm like ah, <laughs> I don't think if God wants rest for, for, for his people he's gonna put a a virus across the world you know we we interpret things differently so right. I, I just as the the, the apologist in me wants to wants to <laughs> uh, cover that first. Well, all of us have little but, kids in our house, so I know we yeah. don't we don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But some, you know, you know, if you watch social media, it's just like some people. Wait, I watch the way people talk, and I'm just like, we got you gotta we gotta think through what we're presenting, especially as believers, especially as believers. Um, but what I believe God is doing is, um, is he is he is. Um, in, in a sense, putting the pressure on the body to be who we were designed to be. Um, this is a this is a season that is uncomfortable. This is a season where it is easy to to take care of number one, to look at ourselves and say, let me get me straight because things are going crazy. I got to get myself in order. And he is he is saying the, the body of Christ needs to have a countercultural response, which is when times get hard, I'm going to. I, I, I'm called to think of myself less, but when the times get really hard, I'm going to think of myself even less, you know, and again, pointing back to Jesus, you know, he, 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 he spent his earthly ministry pouring into people, teaching people, healing people, preaching the gospel to people. But when it got, when it got really bad, when it got really bad and, 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 and he got those lashes and he got that crown of thorns and those nails in his hands and his feet, that's when he did his best work. That's when he did his best work. And I feel like God is saying this in this season, the body of Christ, this is when you're to do your best work. When you're when you 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 can't meet in your churches and your giving may be going down and things look uncertain. This is where you do your best work. And I think um, that's what God is is calling for. Uh, in, in this season, I think worldwide he is softening hearts. I think on a global scale and I think globally, um, God is softening hearts of people who would never um, who would never set foot in the church, who who have a, a, a skeptical and anti uh, disposition towards faith. I think he is shifting their hearts in this in this season where things are, are super uncertain, um, especially in the Western world, you know, especially um, in the West where we have these luxuries and everything is comfortable. Those who are f who are distant in their in their um, in their disposition towards God, they are they're being challenged and they're being drawn uh, to the truth. Well, awesome. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that. Stefan, what are you sensing that God is doing from your perspective in South Africa? Yeah, I um, I want to agree with uh, with Pastor Larry. I I do also not necessarily believe that this is something that God has done. I do believe it's something that He can use, 
um, if we allow him to. And um, uh, so I do believe that even globally, but even in South Africa, where uh, the gap between uh, the haves and the maybe not haves is uh, probably one of the widest in the world, um, the sense of security that people used to have is starting to fall away. The, the ground is starting to shake and crumble underneath um, people's lives when it comes to the economic impact, when it comes to the healthcare impact, or the, you know, the, the, health, the health impacts that people have. And um, so what I do think it's drawing people, it's, it's so interesting because I feel it's drawing people closer together. It's, if, if you ask me, Stefan, what is life about? Life is about relationship with God and relationship with people if you boil it all down. And I think what he's actually doing in this season, he is drawing people back to relationship, people back to an invitation to a relationship with him and a relationship with the people around them. Um, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's interesting. We've been in lockdown, and I, today, for the first time, we've, um, uh, we were allowed to go out of our apartment and go for a walk uh, in five weeks' time. It was the first time that we were uh, allowed to leave as a family, and so it's interesting, our, uh, our little area where we live, there were all of a sudden uh, so many people outside. People are craving connection. People are craving relationship, and I think what's currently happening and what God is using, what he is about, I believe, is relationship. That's what we were created for. We were created for relationship with him. And he didn't put individuals on the earth. He put, yes, he did, but he put community on the earth. He put us in community. And so I think if we would allow him to do this, he would actually bring us back to a point of authenticity in relationship with him and authenticity in relationship with the people around us. It's interesting for me, very personal, I've spoken to my family um, the, who lives overseas um, uh, internationally more in the last four weeks than I have the six months before. And it's interesting that's just, that just myself and obviously technology enables this, but I really feel God, if, if, if this is my sense, God is drawing us back into authentic relationship across the board. And if we would allow, allow him to, I think it could really be very fruitful and reap a lot of benefits across the board in the way that we interact with each other, in the way that we interact with God, and maybe even the way that we see ourselves in the long run. Mm, has, yeah, it's good insight. And, and similarly, I feel like I've spoken and connected with my family, and, and my family's all over the country, and my, uh, my brother-in-law, sister, and, and brother are all in Japan right now on lockdown. So I've been you know, communicating with them, and I've talked to them more regularly in the last two months than I have probably previously. So I certainly uh, feel that that um, that sense of authentic connection and really, you know, you know, looking even just to your, in your neighborhood and right where you are, finding out how you can serve and right where you are in terms of your family connections and your networks and how you can how you can serve. Stefan, how do you think? I know. I mean, again, we might have already touched on this a little bit in the beginning, but how do you think the church? Uh, can be different or, or, or will be uh, different, um, you know, going forward, you know, once we, you know, it sounds like we're going to have this pandemic for a while and, and, you know, perhaps there'll be gatherings of churches and, and a little bit of loosening of certain restrictions. But until we get a vaccine, they'll, they'll, we'll be in that season. And then once hopefully we have a vaccine, you know, things, you know, will 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 we'll lift. But I know I, I hate to use the word. I'm avoiding using the word normal because I don't I don't think we're going to go back to what things were like two months ago, and nor uh, should we um, in so many ways. How do you see uh, the church uh, changing going forward and, and continuing to meet the, the needs um, and be, be the hands and feet of Christ? Well, it's a very, very good question, and I, I, I'd be very careful to give a, a definite answer to that. My, my sense comes back to, to the sense of relationship. I, I, I do think... Um, not being able to meet uh, physically brings back the responsibility for people to be responsible for their own spirit, their own growth, and their own relationship with Christ. Um, I think the early church, is, I mean, I know many people have talked about this, but this is, this is the way that the early church met. It was in very small gatherings, and uh, we, we encouraged each other one-on-one. -on -one. We weren't always just encouraged on a Sunday. And, and I know through our church, you know, groups have, have, have been a key role to break uh, maybe a larger group on a Sunday 
into relational connection midweek. And I think that's, uh, I believe that globally in the church that that will continue to be a driving force to continue to uh, build smaller, real, authentic, connected relationships beyond um, the, the corona epidemic. Uh, I also believe that it will continue to, um, well, what I, what I have faith for and what I pray for is that it will revive a new sense of personal responsibility to dig into the Word of God. Um, uh, without any judgment, I feel that, that, that sometimes it could be that Sunday is the, is, is, is the, um, is the meal is where we get fed. And then, and then maybe, you know, that sustains us for the week. I think that we don't have that right now. Although we do through, you know, online church and, uh, and that is incredible. We've seen so many people reached and brought into uh, a Sunday service through, uh, through the online services that we do just simply because, well, it, it, it's on television screens, it's on radio and, and family members. And it, it's such the, the barrier to enter a building is much higher than the barrier to enter uh, a service online or a service on your screen. And so we've, uh, we've definitely seen a, a lot of people connect uh, with Christ and even, uh, you know, click that little button to say, hey, I made a decision for Jesus. Uh, how, how could I get connected and do next steps for my life? Um, so I, I, I see innovation definitely um, within the church is almost um, guaranteed. And what innovation and what that's going to breed, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I I pray it will breed a deeper sense of relationship with Christ and people and a deeper sense of um, knowing the Word of God and knowing Christ for myself um, more and more and more. And if, if, if we could just imagine that happening across the globe, that is, a, 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 I mean, without saying it's a recipe, it's a recipe for revival. And uh, it's a recipe for people um, truly mm. t- like testifying of their own personal relationship with Christ in their world and in their immediate um, surroundings, which I think is the most powerful tool we can ever use to be able to to be able to um, grow the kingdom of God and people bring people into the kingdom of God. So I'm excited for that. It's unfortunate that it has to happen and, uh, uh, and that it would be a result of, of, of what is currently happening in the world. But I, I do see that, that that is something um, that the church would probably be drawn more into. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, thanks for handling that question so beautifully. And you definitely don't uh, believe God did this. But I, as you said, uh, Stefan, God uses everything, all things for good. For good. And I, too, uh, share your excitement to see um, how things sh- shift and how we can meet even more needs um, and bring more healing to more people um, and a deeper understanding. Um, and that we all may grow into a deeper understanding of who God is uh, now and, and for eternity. Larry, what's your sense as to, to how things are, are shifting and, and what um, the, the church uh, will look like going forward and, and how it'll uh, evolve in meeting the needs of, of the people? Um, yeah, I think uh, I have to agree uh, first with, with the, his comment about um, being relational. I think Stefan hit it, hit it right on the head. He hit that nail right on the head that we are going to uh the culture I, I feel like a culture has been developing um and i think this uh pandemic we're going to come out of this pandemic before that culture uh, matures and fully establishes i believe that the church um is going to um and, and i and I think this is more of a, a commission um, than it is a prediction, but I feel like the church is commissioned to facilitate the, mat- the, the maturing of this culture of being relational. I think that social media, um, online gathering has provided the platform to exercise this relational um, culture. I don't think it, it, it was necessary. I think that we were forced into it. I think we were forced to, you know, we, we I think there, there is, and I'm not a, a psychologist, but I, I know there is, um, uh, as far as the science of psychology, there is um, evidence that, that shows there is value, even in our health, to uh, uh, relational contact, right? And so I feel like this has forced us into a place where we have to do things um, 
in smaller gatherings, being relational. And then now there's a culture being developed so that when it when we have the opportunity to gather again, we're still going to have this desire to be in these small gatherings because I believe that's how God designed us. I believe that's why uh, the church started the way it did, because uh, God innately put that that in us, that desire to be in, in, in those small gatherings. I do also think that it's going to affect how we reach the community, because as these small gathering, um, as this small gathering culture is developed and matured, that's where we're going to find the need. I think the way we find the need is going to change a little bit. So one of the things that is happening now at I-5 um, with, with uh, our leadership, with Pastor Jimmy and Irene, is uh, one of the things they're saying is we have been fo so focused on outreach, um, but in this season, we need to focus on inreach. And what, he, what he's communicating is uh, everyone in our church, so we present outreach <clears throat> as, as who we are as a church, what we do in our community, right? Um, and what that does is it embeds this assumption that all the needs, uh, all the, the disorder, all the lack is outside of our community, which is this church, this local church, this local body. Hmm. And we have all the resources. So we are going to go out, be the hands and feet of Jesus. But what we don't realize is that those needs that lack is inside the body as well. And so I think that is going to be a huge shift in that. Um, and I know uh, this, there's a lot of churches that do a great job of this. And I'm not saying our church, we, we did a, a bad job, but I think we're, we're going we're gonna to bring a balance. We're going to bring a balance where we recognize that when we say, bring your groceries for Red Bag Sunday because we're going to feed the community, we're also going to communicate and if you need groceries, this is how you get it. And I think this small gatherings are going to reveal um, some of those needs. I was on my group last night. I have our our Brooklyn, um, our Brooklyn city group. Where our, what we our small groups are called city groups. Had our Brooklyn city groups and uh, just being in the group with our small group and hearing the needs. Um, even we, we got talking, we, we got talking about raising boys, you know, because most of us in that group are raising boys and. And just, you know, certain needs arising out of the out of out of that where it's not going to be a benevolence form. It's going to be group, you know, group leaders, you know, or I'll call them group pastors, you know, that come and say, hey, we have a need here. Um, and then the, the third thing I think that is going to um, uh, shift moving forward as far as the church is the um, a true launching of the concept of equipping the saints to do the work of ministry, um, especially, and I can only speak to the church in the West, um, specifically in America, we have a, a pastor worship culture, which is, it's like the preacher on the stage has all the power. Um, I'm going to bring my, my coworkers, my friends, my neighbors who need Jesus into the church. So the preacher, the pastor can, can, give them the gospel, can give them a word of encouragement, can disciple them, can train them up, and, and, and they're going to do it. In this season, we're not going to have, we're not going to, uh, right now, we don't have that opportunity, right? So the church, the body, the disciples, those who, who claim to be followers of Jesus are going to have to exemplify Jesus in their neighborhoods, at, at their workplaces. They're, they're going to be, um, they're, they're, they're going to be pulled on to minister to people, to pray for people. People are, uh, are going to spend, you know, more time praying in the seats, in the, in the audience than they are coming up to an altar. There's going to be people, you know, and I'm kind of dreaming, but in painting this picture, but I, I see churches where there's, there's the crowd sitting, listening to the pastor and the altar call happens and they don't go to the altar. They turn to their left and there's a saint right there that's ready to pray for them and walk them through, uh, walk them through salvation, um, encourage them, give them a word specifically for them, even maybe even speaking prophetically. So I think though, that's some of the shifts um, that we're going to see moving forward. Well, that's that's beautiful. And uh, I, I will pray into that vision with you that it uh, be prophetic and that it be realized uh, in, in, in this season and going forward. Um, 
I want to give you guys both an opportunity to, if there's anything else you want to add, and, and definitely want to give you each an opportunity, um, if, this is, if, if people uh, want to support the work that you guys are doing, how they can, t- can do that. Um, Larry, is there anything else you wanted to add before we conclude and, and how can people support? I know obviously we do a lot um, with you know red bags and, and food distribution and other things in the shower truck. If you talk a little bit about that and how people can find out more about I5City. Um, I5City.com, that's um, where we are. Um, I think it's slash be the church. Um, if, if, if not, you can go on the website and they will um, the button's right you there. Navigate, you can't miss you can it. Navigate. Yeah, you can navigate yeah. through the website. <laughs> but um, or fi- or or uh, on Instagram, of course, I Five City on Instagram, you can see some of the things that are happening. Um, uh, but yes, we have you know our mobile f- our, our mobile service unit with our showers, which goes out every Sunday. We're in homeless communities. Um, we partner with the county um, whenever they need our unit, um, which is a, another beautiful thing. Is that the government is now pulling on. Uh, the church mm. um, even even in Baltimore um, I'm not sure if you know about it uh, Russell but there's a there's a grant program that employs uh, homeless youth um, and due to COVID you know that grant program was uh, essentially shut down mm. and because uh, the city has these food uh, distribution sites which I-5 is one of those distribution sites they're calling on us and saying hey we have these kids who need work but we can't just give them money. They have to do work. Can, do you have work for them? So we're able to employ um, wow. homeless, you know, things like that. So being able to respond to what the government needs as well, you know, where the, not only the other people, but the government is looking at the church like help us, um, which I think is really, yeah. really, really cool moving forward. Yeah. Um, I did, um, I just wanted to hear from, from Stefan one more time, but um, I wanted to know, you know, where you are um, what have you seen, uh, how have you seen your people um, rise to the occasion as far as these smaller gatherings and people coming together and really ministering to each other? I really want to know, you know how, how you've seen a shift there. Uh, it's a good question because technically we're not allowed to leave our homes, right? So we are they're just by government for the last five weeks has been on full lockdown. Um, you need wow. to have a, an essential services permit to be on the road uh, further than the, 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 the neighborhood you live in. They're allowed to go to the grocery store one person at a time. Um, vehicles and transport needs to be uh, at least 50% uh, or can only be max 50% full. And so like, it's been a, a really probably globally one of the, one of the, the strictest lock, lockdowns that there is. Um, wow. which since today uh, has slightly lifted with us being able to exercise in a five-kilometer radius of our homes between 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning. That's, 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 that's our leniency now, which is amazing. But, uh, you know, so we are on a really tight lockdown. Um, I've been through uh, army um, roadblocks and, and police roadblocks many times uh, during our, our, our food uh, distribution, and they check your permits. And so it, it doesn't make it easy for us to meet in groups. But what I've mm. seen is that, which means for me on a Sunday, for example, I would naturally just because part of our church, I'm, I'm doing five services on a Sunday, I would connect me you know, I serve in the car park as well. I would naturally meet people on a Sunday that I would see probably very regularly and check in with them, but I wouldn't necessarily phone them during the week or have a coffee with them during the week to see how they are because I will see them again next week relationally just because of the, our proximity. And what, it's re- what I've realized that this season has done is I need to be much more intentional about how do I connect with those people that otherwise we would mm-hmm. just run into each other. And I think that's what I've seen that has happened in our communities. Now, as a church, obviously, we're, we are actively trying to engage with our, with, with our church body to enable this, um, this culture, as you were talking about. Um, but I think uh, the more we are intentional, and I think that's, the, that, that's, that's a really crucial word, the more we are intentional with checking in on people that we otherwise would just run into, uh, the more we can continue to create this. So I've seen our church rise up in that sense, um, where they, where also I've seen our church to be, and, and I'm, I'm sure you guys might experience the same, but incredibly generous. So they just say like, hey, we, if, even though, you know, a lot of people might be like challenging with work and um, many of our sectors have been shut down, people aren't allowed to go to work. 
Um, yet our church has been incredibly generous to say, we want to continue to be a church that helps build this nation. We want to play a, a little part. For us, uh, for roughly $5, uh, we feed a family, for, a family of five for a month, right? And that is like, wow. that's inc- that's incredible. So, you know, we obviously buy in bulk and make sure that at the moment, through just the generosity of our church, we've, we've been able to feed over 35,000 people for a full week, uh, just oh, in the three weeks. And, uh, and what I love, and this is, again, I've been speaking to the partnership, we haven't necessarily given out all that food as Hillsong South Africa, Hillsong Africa Foundation. What we've done is we say, if there's local churches, nonprofit organizations, sport clubs, schools, ECD centers in that local community, connect with us, tell us your need, and we will provide you the food to relationally connect with the people that you know that have needs. Because we don't know all the needs. Now, we have obviously have relationships built, and we make sure that those relationships are cared for. But our network has grown so much stronger in our local communities. Um, and for us, and I love what, you, what you've been, um, been saying, Larry, around the need inside and outside the church. I love that uh, through the Hillsong Africa Foundation, we've seen almost becoming a model where um, we've got church, for example, in Mitchell's Plain, Gugeletu, uh, which might not mean something uh, to you or to our listeners, but those are uh, um, communities that are very under-resourced and historically quite disadvantaged. And we didn't plant any churches there. We were there as a church relationally every week to build through sports programs and programs with, our, with people that are physically disabled and uh, many dance programs, chess programs. We were just there to connect week in, week out, week in, week out, feeding programs in the early days. And people were just saying, hey, how do we, like you're from a church, like how do we get connect? Can we come to your church? And like, yeah, sure. So. Uh, bus ministry uh, got developed out of that and before we knew it a year later they were saying can we not do church in this community uh, instead of bussing it into you know the community that, that you're in like 100% not a problem and so our church locations uh, throughout South Africa have kind of uh, developed through the relationships in our communities and being out there being the signpost towards Christ and Jesus but practically in the communities meeting needs so I think we have seen within the community, our communities rising up to say, I know my neighbors have need. How can we support? How can we help? How can we? And it's a beautiful thing when you see the church rising up. For us also, what I actually love is that you don't, it doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, your race, even your belief system. If you are in need, you qualify for our support. And so that also, I think, speaks, speaks the heart of Christ to say he loves humanity. He doesn't just love the people that claim to know him <laughs> he loves humanity right. and so should we and so that's what it, and then, it ruffles some feathers and it, it, it raises some eyebrows sometimes but i love even uh in south africa here we've been able to work through some of the gang leaders that are usually quite you know that they're arrivals and this it's 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 quite rough um they've, they've been able to work together to provide food on each other's turf um uh, to be able to make sure that people have food because you know it's a lot of people here do work from hand to mouth, week to week, don't have permanent jobs that will continue to sustain them even though they're staying at home. So for the first two to three weeks, you know, that was that was okay, but we're in five weeks of lockdown now, and people are literally struggling to be able to put food on the table for the last two weeks now. And so I, um, yeah, I'm, it's just an incredible privilege to be a part of it, <laughs> to see the church rise up and to see that people care for each other. I think the church, we should just be connectors. We should just be enablers. It's what you were saying. We should be equipping the saints. We should be equipping the church to be the church. The church isn't a building. It isn't a minister. It isn't a pastor. The church is those who call Christ their Savior and want to follow him. Well, what we're here to do is to help continue to change mindsets and empower people to lead and impact their spheres of life. And, um, and I think that's, it's, I'm seeing it happening in the church and I'm seeing it happening in our community and it's, I'm incredibly proud to be a part of it. Well, I love that, uh, that radical gospel. You said it ruffles some feathers when you serve people um, who, who may have different belief systems or from different backgrounds or, or who are gang members. And, and that was really who Christ was. You know, and that's what he represented and that's who he was. And um, it's just so beautiful to hear how both of you are uh, reflecting that and, and truly being the hands and feet. And uh, just thank you both for your time. Stefan, can, how can people find out more about the work you're doing and su- support you know, uh, Hillsong yeah. Africa Foundation, Hillsong Church in South Africa? Absolutely. Well, um, 
Well, fortunately for us, with the, with the rand dollar right now, a dollar goes incredibly far in South Africa because the mm. South African rand has dropped significantly in value. Um, so, yeah, uh, anything you want to find out, Hillsong Africa Foundation on Instagram, Facebook, um, hillsongafrica.com. Also, we've, we've created a Love on the Line, which is more of our internal campaign for everything that we do. Um, so, loveonthelineco.za, people can go there find out our, our distribution maps, where we've distributed food. We've also been actively involved with PPE in our hospitals and clinics to provide them with, um, with personal protection equipment. There's many of the healthcare, for, um, uh, I think there's almost 30,000 healthcare uh, volunteers and team that is going out into our community doing door-to-door -door screening, um, which is incredible, incredible bravery. And so we're privileged to be able to support them with food. And then um, anybody that gets tested positive uh, we want to make sure that they stay at home, but if you can imagine living in a little tin uh, house with eight people, it's hard, and you need to get to the store to be able to feed people. And so what we've been privileged to do is to work through our hospital and clinics network to provide them with food so that as soon as a person comes through that is tested positive, that they receive our food into their home um, to be able to stay at home and stay isolated. So there's so much need out there. The current, you know, the current list for this coming week, we've got 7,000 parcels that we could get it out right now, this coming week, if we would have uh, the resources. So, um, yeah, definitely there's uh, there's there's an incredible amount of need. Um, there's an amazing amount of good work happening. So people can find us on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> the, all the socials, and uh, and on our website. And um, uh, what I've loved about this the most is that actually people, even, you might be locked at home, or you might be you might not be able, you might be be restrained. They'll be able to do what you you would usually want to do for us in South Africa is often people would want to be out there helping and supporting people but it's not allowed to they can still pray don't underestimate the power of prayer um, I've been reminded so often about uh, a story in the Bible or history of uh, the Israelites having to paint their doorposts with the blood um, so that the angel of death would pass by and I've been pleading the blood of Jesus over our community so that that would happen and I would encourage anybody that knows how to pray to continue to pray for people in leadership. You might agree with them, you might not. It doesn't really matter right now. I think our prayer should be with people that make decisions that have impact on our nations and on our policies. should be praying for our pastors that are leading the church through this time. should be praying for our group leaders, praying for each other. Um, there is such an incredible power in that. Sorry, I'm starting to preach here. I, I apologize. But I th I'm just, you know, uh, passionate about making sure that we continue to do that as a church. No, I, I appreciate that, and and no, you know, I appreciate your willingness to share and and uh, and really um, lead lead by example by your example, both of you by your examples of faith, and that's so important. Um, I want to conclude real quick here, and I really appreciate both of your time, Pastor Larry. If you if you don't mind, could you could you uh, close us out with a, a quick prayer for, as we end this this uh, recording today? Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, Father, we thank you, God, for your presence during this season. We thank you, Lord, that uh, in the in, in the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Uh, we know that you are with us. We know that you care for us. We know that you love us um, in this fallen world, in this fors uh, uh, forsaken world. We thank you, God, that you have not forsaken us, your people. And I just pray uh, over uh, uh, Stefan right now and over Hillsong Church, God, that you will continue to use them to be a light uh, in the darkness. I pray that you will continue to use them as as as, as a benchmark for other believers and other ministries to 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 look to for the how-tos of, of ministry. I pray, God, that uh, you would be a blessing in his household specifically, Lord God, and that you would uh, honor the work uh, and, the, and the dedication that he's put into serving your kingdom, God. I pray that you would sustain his household, Lord God. I pray uh, for Russell as well, God, for his, for his home, his marriage, his children, God, that you would continue to build them up uh, and, 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 uh, and lead them, Lord God, uh, into your purpose and plan for their lives. And I just pray for all of us, Lord God, as we continue to do your work to be your hands and feet in the world, God, that, that you would show yourself faithful, Lord, through our, uh, uh, through our ministries, God, that you would show yourself faithful through the way that we serve, that our service would not be um, 
uh, attributed or credited to us, but that our service would reveal that you, God, are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, Pastor Larry. Love you, Stefan. Please give my best to, to, to Marcy, Stefan, and please give my best to Amanda, Larry, and I hope, uh, I hope we can all speak again soon. I've, I was listening and thinking, you know, I've, what you said, Stefan, about the relationships and how you see people on Sunday, and I'm like, yeah, me and me and Larry have texted a few times. I know we've chatted, but I haven't taken the time to reach out and, and hear both of your voices uh, since this all happened. And so I hope to to do that more regularly as we go forward here in the coming weeks. So God bless you both. Um, my love to you guys, and keep doing the work that you're doing. And we will be uh, remain united in prayer around this work and through the Spirit. God bless you, and thanks for your time. I mean, thanks, thanks for all you do, Russell. It's a privilege. Wow, what an amazing interview. Thank you again, Stefan and, and Larry, for joining us. I just want to reiterate that you can support both of these ministries and both of these missions during this time. And it's real easy. You can go to uh, hillsongafrica.co.za backslash corona and you'll see um, Love Has No Lockdown, Love on the Line, and how you can support and get involved there. And as you heard Stefan mention, you know, a dollar goes a long way um, against the currency um, in, in uh, South Africa right now. And of course, um, you can also support um, I-5 City, um, Be the Church, and support the efforts there, make a donation, and you know, follow along. Um, SV, we'll give you the right name, SVD Mail, M-A-L-E on Instagram, and LMAC. T-O-G-O to go on Instagram if you want to follow and of course at i5city and Hillsong South Africa is on Instagram as well and across social media and just stay connected um, please uh, stay connected to this podcast I have um, a couple other interviews lined up as well um, and I'm really excited about those so stay tuned I'm working to keep this thing going weekly and getting into a nice rhythm and I think today will really be a benchmark for where I want to take this podcast to really continue to tell the story of leadership, legacy, and love and, and, and emphasizing what Christ is doing during this season. So God bless you. You can follow me at RussellFugit.com and visit RussellFugit.com for more information. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Stay blessed. Stay healthy. Uh, be well. Stay home if you can. And God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.